1: Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. As we um, restore regular order around here, we bring back Hugh Hallman, the former mayor of Tempe, attorney, civic activist, and educator in town. He's been on the road. um, And uh, welcome back, Hugh. It's great to see you in studio. Um, Little resentful over the moonlighting, um, as is the audience who has been saying, well... I see Hugh Hallman's in the Arizona Republic every other day. I see he's doing these great press conferences where he's reaming the other side on an issue having to do with uh, sports, business, and Tempe. uh, This is your home base. This is your mothership. It's not nice to fool Mother Nature.
2: It is not nice to fool what Mother Nature. was that, Nature. Siobhan Martian? <laughs> <In> 1972, <laughs> I think. Something like that. Uh, tell us what's going on. I am thrilled and happy to yeah. be back and in your presence, Seth, because it uplifts me. <laughs> and I know that that's true for your listeners as well. That's why we all listen. Um, yeah, I'll speak tell, to, Yeah, tell, to, tell speak us about t- what's going yeah. on in the Tempe mess. Yeah. So I am a, a, a glutton for punishment, as my mother used to say, and back in... Uh, mid-August, the city of Tempe had gotten itself all high-centered in trying to get some kind of agreement work out between it and the development arm of the Arizona Coyotes. The Coyotes uh, decided to leave their home in in Glendale. We can get into that if anybody wants to. But I'm a fiscal conservative. I ran on and worked as mayor of the city of Tempe, now the you know liberal wing of the state of Arizona besides Tucson and Flagstaff. And um, work diligently to bring economic principles and uh, sort of private sector philosophy to how things can get done. And you start with the idea that government is not really very good at creating business and creating profits. That's why we have a private sector and a public sector that does things that are typically uh, – noted by moral hazard problems, where people can't get together to do create a solution that they'd like to create. And so we have government to do that. Uh, and defense, national defense is an example of that. It's really hard to mount a defense if you have 50 independent states running around trying to create that sort of solution, as an example. Well, here I am in August, and I get a phone call uh, from the city manager of the city. And the city council has asked if the city manager and city leading uh, senior management, wouldn't get me to take over their negotiations and document some kind of an agreement. It had been going on for almost 18 months. And I said, no, not not a chance in the world. Well, why not? <laughs> because I was mayor of the city and I'd have to do all this work for free. And frankly, I've done enough free stuff for my city. But they kept pushing and I then finally conceded that, that I would do this. So about 350 hours of work over 90 days to create uh, a resulting agreement. And it is premised on the idea of that I would work to craft an agreement that was a really good deal for the city of Tempe that the council could support. And ultimately, the council voted seven zero 0 to support this uh, concept. And the concept starts with the fact that the land on which the Coyotes Arena is supposed to be located is uh, an old landfill, as a kid, I went there with my father on Saturdays. It was a treat to get to go to the dump. It was wonderful stuff. And, you know, throw away the household waste and stuff. And it was in the days when old refrigerators went into a dump and all the other kind of stuff, metals and plastics and all sorts of things. And so this dump then called the priest landfill, a stretch from effectively priest uh, several blocks to the west or to the east. And in fact, the city's been cleaning up bits of that for a long time. Of all ironies, Mayor Giuliano and I, who he and I fought regularly when I was on his council um, over fiscal policy kinds of issues. Um, Agreed back in 1999, looking at this land as the Rio Salado was being created, that it would have to be redeveloped by the private sector because that's the only way in which it could get done effectively and to clean up this massive landfill problem. Well, the Tempe marketplace, which is on the east side of Tempe, also along the river. Um, was exactly that kind of problem. Mayor Giuliano started that process, and I had to finish it. And finishing it was get all of that land assembled, 200 different landowners, off the top of these dumps, get the dumps cleaned up, and do it, and I did it, without eminent domain, contrary to popular belief, uh, by actually negotiating uh, solutions with each of the landowners. That cost was $80 million to clean up the Tempe marketplace. Well, the Tempe site for the arena project, which is not just an arena, it's a practice facility, a headquarters, a music venue, residential buildings, office buildings, retail, all kinds of stuff. It's a very big project on 46 acres. That landfill is about a $500 million problem. Well, why do I say that? Because the city of Tempe several years ago started looking at what would it cost just to clean up the dump? Do nothing else with it but just clean up the dump in the event that it's becoming a hazard. That was about $100 million. Well, that's just the principle that one would have to get to pay the costs of cleaning it up. And then you've got to pay the interest on the money you borrow. Cities borrow money through bonds. Well, bonds are a pledge of all the land in a city. That's why you go to the ballot to vote on whether or not you approve a bond issuance by a city because your personal property becomes a lien, has a lien against it for the city's obligations. Well, the city council made it very clear to me, we do not want the city of Tempe at risk for any of this. We do not want to use city of Tempe bonds. We do not want to have the city liable for any of this stuff. And can you get us off the hook for the liability we currently have for having created an environmental waste dump? Well, the opposition has been arguing that, oh, it's not really an environmental waste dump. You're lying. It's the priest yard where vehicles get fixed. And it's our, quote, and I, it, it just breaks me up, quote, our beloved, unquote, uh, compost facility. <laughs> well, of course, that beloved compost facility only started about a decade ago. It was uh, created by a man in our community, and then ultimately the city stole it from him and continued to operate it, but operated not so well, and now it's contaminated. Uh, and the landfill underneath all of this has now gotten to the point that it is leaching chemicals into the ground. Well, what kind of chemicals? The plastics in this landfill have deteriorated and are releasing the caustic chemicals that plastics are made of, many of which uh, cause cancer. And so it is no longer something the city can turn its back on. Well, it's a $500 million problem because if you want to take a piece of property that is currently a landfill has an old facility on it. you got to tear all that stuff off. you got to clean out all the stuff in the landfill and put it back together to be productive. Well, it happens to be on the Rio Salado, on the Salt River. So the walls lining the river have to be rebuilt because they've deteriorated, and they bring the water that we're now concerned about into that landfill. The stuff underneath the dump is now moist, and the Borings Report shows that. So now you got the chemicals that are coming out of the materials now in water that can be— drawn into the water table. Then, if you clean it up, now you just got a piece of property that doesn't have water lines, sewer lines, roadways, any of the stuff that a city typically builds to make the land in the city productive. Well... The total cost of all that kind of stuff, cleaning it up and fixing it up so it could be valuable and useful, uh, totals between 209 and $228 million. That's a lot of dang money. Well, the city would have to borrow that money on bonds. Over 30 years, the interest on that, like anybody who buys a house, you know this answer. It's about 150% of that number. It takes the $220 million and turns it into $500 million with interest. Anybody who's ever bought a house knows that you pay more in interest over that 30-year mortgage than the principal by about 50% typically. And so that's the problem here. And the city of Tempe is trying to address that. And what I find fascinating, maybe we can come back after the break, is the approach that the... the. Opposition is taken because the opposition is attacking this project as if it's some kind of fiscally irresponsible thing to do, that it is a a gift to a, quote, corrupt, unquote, billionaire. And, of course, it's just the opposite. We can get into that detail. But what's really going on is that there are some very left wing union groups funded out of California primarily, that have been attacking the project. Why? Because they wanted to force the developer, as they've tried in other instances in Tempe now, to unionize all of the labor associated with constructing the project and, And all the labor associated with running the project once it's built. So you got a hotel union group out of California trying to force all projects in Tempe to be unionized at a huge expense to the city. And they're attacking this project, pretending that they're fiscal conservatives worried about the fiscal well-being of the city of Tempe and avoiding the abuse of tax money. And as the guy who wrote the documents, I can tell you, I wrote it from my philosophical perspective with the blessing of the city council of do not let the city of Tempe be at risk. Don't put any of uh, tax dollars that currently exist into this project. Get us off the hook for everything you can and put all the liability and responsibility onto the developer. And I can sit right here looking you straight in the face and say that 200 pages of documents does exactly that.
1: This is fascinating. And that's really well done, Hugh. i First of all, you ought to run for governor, first of all. (laughs) Second of all, the idea that we would be against a private uh, entity taking over a $500 million problem that rests on the city and its residents is itself absurd. Let's pick up on that when we come back. We'll be right back. Former mayor of Tempe, attorney Hugh Hallman, is our guest. He's explaining this whole, uh, what would you call it, Donnybrook, Donnybrook Contrataut, with regard to Tempe and the Coyotes and the pushback against it. Hugh, that was a fabulously uh, well-done explanation of all at play. In sum, in one of the sums, do I have it right in understanding that? Tempe has this otherwise half a billion dollar problem on its hands and Tempe is not have half a billion dollars sitting around that a private entity is willing to assume the cost of and give business and jobs to the city of Tempe.
2: Correct. What what what, what am are you I missing? missing? So here's what the opponents would like to try to tell you. They would say, oh, well, the developer is getting a $500 million gift from the city. Well, I'm a, I'm a guy who looks at how do I craft this sort of stuff. The city has a $500 million problem. The private sector doesn't easily say, yeah, let me just write that check yeah. and buy the land. So the way the deal is structured is the developer actually pays almost $60 million for the land after it's cleaned up. And the money that is uh, used to clean it up comes out of, ultimately, from from bonds. Well, whose bonds are they? The city council said, do not put the city at risk right. on this. So how do you do that? Created what's called a community, facility, community facilities district, which is an independent agency that is created under state law. The city council is going to be its board to make sure that they keep control over how that thing works and it won't risk damaging the city of Tempe's reputation, even if it's not legally on the hook. That entity will now issue bonds. How much? Well, between $208 million and $228 million in bonds. Well, who has to pay them? Well, the project does. This was the the genius behind this whole approach was This is a performance-based concept that you take the 46 acres that the developer wants to turn into something and you make it fully responsible and completely responsible for the obligations. Well, isn't that using tax money? Well, yes, it does. How does it do that? It does it in two ways. One is under state law there's a thing called a government property lease excise tax, otherwise called a giplet. And that giplet concept isn't actually a tax. It's the ability for a government agency like a city to take property and remove it from the property tax rolls. Well, this is city-owned land that has a dump under it and a city facility on top of it. It doesn't currently pay any property taxes. So they're not losing any money. But what they do do is say we are going to, what they said was and gave me direction, we will allow the arena on this land to avoid property tax for 30 years. That includes the music facility and the headquarters and the um, the practice facility. All the private stuff that goes with that can be off the tax rolls, but only for eight years. All right. Well, now you take a piece of land that's otherwise producing no property tax. What's the value of that? Well, the city of Tempe's lost money that it would otherwise have collected in property tax over 30 years is $115 million. Okay, I'll put that into the column of something the developer got. What the city gets is the developer then has taken full responsibility for all the environment cleanup and unusually in a typical transaction when a seller sells land that's potentially environmentally damaged, the seller has to indemnify, say to the buyer, I'm going to pay if you run into any liability problems over the mess that I've created. It's reversed in this case. The developer takes over all responsibility for the environmental cleanup and indemnifies the city of Tempe against environmental damage into the future. That's a huge value to the city of Tempe that's not even monetized, meaning we didn't put a value on it. I don't know the number. But you can know that the number is potentially hundreds of millions of dollars because... Motorola, 30 years ago, contaminated the Indian Bend wash. We all as kids remembered that. And hundreds of millions of dollars got spent cleaning that up, like the $80 million got spent to clean up the Tempe marketplace dump that was there. So this is a big problem. The city now relieved itself of that. But what's the price? They give up the possibility, if there was something to make money on, $115 million in In revenue that they might otherwise have gotten. Well, they get nothing today. They got a $500 million liability. So that price for giving up that tax of $115 million seems like a pretty good deal to me. But there's more. Wait, there's more. It's a good Ginsu knife commercial. In this instance, the city of Tempe then said, only this property will be liable for paying the bonds that get issued, that $500 million in cost. But the city wanted to keep as much of the money that would be generated by any kind of a project in its pocket. So the final deal we structured was just slightly less than 50% of the sales taxes and property taxes generated on that site go back to pay the bonds that are issued to clean up the property, to build all the infrastructure and make the property productive. Okay, well, does that seem wrong? Well, the city would have otherwise had to sell bonds to do all of that stuff. Well... So it's kind of an even deal, but you gave up $115 million. The answer is no, we didn't, because what I then negotiated was a cap. The city of Tempe is responsible only for half of the total of that $500 million from money coming only out of that site itself. No new dollars or no old dollars coming from the city, no taxes otherwise the city would have that can go to police and fire services and parks and recreation programs and other things. So the city's liability is capped at $247 million, which actually puts the developer's liability at about $270 million when you add up all the interest. Well, where are they going to get that? Here's another thing that the the opposition is playing games with. The developer now has to charge a surcharge on every sale, on every rental, on everything that goes on on that property, and that money is earmarked directly to pay the bonds. And the opposition says, that's a tax break. When on earth is it a tax break to charge your own customers and be forced by government to charge your own customers extra money to pay the government's obligation on these bonds? I find that incredible. They say, well, that's a $280 million tax benefit. And I tell them, you're nuts, because they now have to charge their own customers who come onto that site to buy coffee or anything else that money to pay those bonds. And why did I do it that way? Because I didn't want to worry about whether the Coyotes organization or anybody else made a profit or had money or could pay their bills. I wanted to make sure that on the gross sales taking place on that site, the money was scraped off and paid the bonds. The opposition says that's a tax benefit, and I tell them they're nuts because I made the developer charge its own customers extra money as a surcharge that automatically goes to pay the bonds. That's a huge protection benefit for the city of Tempe, keeps taxpayers safe from ever being liable for the these bonds. But wait, there's more. When we come back, I'll tell you how the structure works, and anybody who buys a house will understand, wow, that's pretty good, because what I ultimately did was protect the city of Tempe. From any liability on those bonds by making all the property, that 46 acres, subject to the lien of the bonds, just as I explained in the first segment, that when property tax bonds are issued by a city, everybody's property is liened by that property tax bond. Well, since this CFD, this community facilities district, sells the bonds... Only its property, that 46 acres, is subject to the lien of the bonds, and it's in first position. What does that mean? Well, if you buy a house, you give your bank a deed of trust, and that goes right on top of the property. If you don't pay your mortgage, the bank takes your property. Well, guess what? If the developer doesn't pay the bonds, the property gets taken by the community facilities district, and there's a bigger protection, even still, over how to make sure that never happens.
1: Well, I said you should run for governor. Maybe you should run to succeed King Solomon. We'll be right back. Former Tempe Mayor Hugh Hallman is uh, giving us uh, a one on uh, one, one on a one on one 101 direct explanation of uh, what this whole Story is with the Coyotes and Tempe and the fights and the unionization, and it's been great. It's been highly enlightening. You take it away. Take,
2: keep going. So here we have the city of Tempe doing a deal with the Coyotes, and now there is a mechanism called the community facilities district that can sell bonds that is not the city of Tempe, and the only property responsible for the payment of those bonds is this project property itself, the 46 acres at Rio Salado and Priest. Well- The developer now has to impose a surcharge on its own customers to make sure those bonds get paid. The city of Tempe did allow half of its sales tax and property tax to be used to pay those bonds as well. That's $247 million. It's specifically capped in the agreement at that amount. So in the worst case scenario, it's $247 million in principal and interest that the city of Tempe pays. The developer pays all the rest of it and is fully liable to do all of this stuff. And then I said, but wait, there's more. So the way to make sure those bonds will never be in default is the little scheme I put together for the order of things that happen before any bonds can be sold against that property. The developer has to have lined up $600 million in equity and debt to build and actually be prepared to build the arena, the practice facility, the headquarters and the music venue. That Obligation and liability to pay the lenders and the equity back is all behind the bonds, meaning that the first position against the property, the lien against the property that's first, is the $200 to $220, $230 million in bonds. Any bank that's going to lend into that deal recognizes that the last thing they're going to do is let $600 million in value go flushing down the toilet for non-payment over $200 million. And it's not the whole $200 million. They just got to make sure the monthly payments get made until things are going well enough. No universe in which that ever likely happens. Now, can I really say that? Sure. Could there be such a meltdown that the lenders and equity are going to walk from $600 million in buildings and facilities built on this land? Possibly. But what we do know is for the bond costs... The city of Tempe will have gotten five hundred million dollars in cleanup and infrastructure done and then have six hundred million dollars more in investment. That's one point one billion dollars in investment in this forty six acres for the price of two hundred million dollars in the worst case scenario that not a dollar got paid by the project. Highly unlikely. And that's how the city is protected. But moreover, it's the community's facilities district. So anybody who buys the bonds knows that that's the risk. That is not the risk of the city of Tempe. It's not the risk of the city of Tempe taxpayers. It's anybody who buys the bonds for the community facilities district. Well, that's widely understood in the market. That's how these things get done. But wait, there's more. Then in the contract, I required the developer to give the city another $45 million in cash and Prizes just for getting the chance to build there. But wait, there's more. Every single arena and stadium in this state, including spring training facilities, all have been paid for by tax dollars. Every single one of them is off the tax rolls, not for 30 years, but permanently. That is Chase Field, State Farm Stadium, Footprint Center, all paid for by tax dollars and off the tax rolls permanently. This instance, the developer, the owner of the team, has to pay for the whole facility. It is off the tax rolls for 30 years, but they're paying for it. Well, they might leave. They will have spent $600 million (laughs) in facilities, unlike Chase Field where the Diamondbacks can threaten Phoenix and say, we're going to leave because they didn't pay for the building. They've got nothing invested in the building. No skin in the game is exactly right. Irony of ironies. But wait, there's still more. The city of Tempe, in the 30 years it's helping to pay part of the bonds, gets itself almost $300 million in taxes and more. Two jurisdictions that put nothing into the deal. The state of Arizona and Maricopa County. The state gets a billion dollars in tax money. And the county gets $240 million in tax money from this project without paying a dime or taking any risk. This is as good a deal has ever been done in professional sports. And that's said from somebody whose father was a great athlete and had to put up with the fact that his son can't walk across a clean, clear, flat floor without step falling over and who has never been to a hockey game. I have been to a couple of baseball games. I follow no teams in sports. I'm sorry for those masculine folks out there who regret the fact that I am such a geek I've spent my time worrying about how the Constitution is implemented and didn't get enough time to to play sports and do a good job at it.
1: Time well spent. Uh, Let's talk about kids when we come back. Yes? Yeah, sure. But wait, there's more. There's more. We're going to talk about the kids. Hugh and I will be right back. Well, I want to thank you, Holman, for that uh, overview. And inside view of uh of what the um what the stakes are with the coyote and tempe arena deal and uh that that was just fantastic and they didn't
2: you even talk that. about the airport but we'll leave that one for another day
1: we can you want to
2: do very quickly yeah sure so sky harbor has been attacking the project it it has for a year and a half on the grounds that not about safety some of the opposition folks who say oh it's about safety Sky Harbor, the FAA, City Phoenix, nobody has raised any safety issues, unlike when they attacked Tempe getting the State Farm Stadium, what is now the State Farm Stadium that's in Glendale. Keeping in mind that Bank One Ballpark, now Chase Field, is at the western end of the airport, in exactly the same location on the west end that the Cardinals Stadium would have been on the east end, in exactly the same height. And apparently aircraft can fly over (laughs) Chase Field- Without crashing into it, but as a council member said about if the stadium, uh, Cardinal Stadium was built in Tempe, people will be hurt, people will die. Well, that's (laughs) politics. Glendale got this stadium, more power to them. Tempe did not. But this time, the airport knew not to try to attack this arena on safety. Instead, what they're saying is that people who might live on the project site will complain about the noise. And therefore, they've now sued the city of Tempe, saying city of Tempe is violating a contract done in 1994 that says, says the city of Phoenix, you can't put multifamily residential buildings, apartment buildings in a noisy area defined by the 65 DNL, the day night level of noise at 65 decibels. It's all a lie. Why do I say that? Because I happen to be one of the people at the table in 1992, 93, 94, who negotiated and wrote that 1994 agreement. And what it says is the Tempe and Phoenix will both comply with the regulations and laws that are applicable about land use planning. And those regulations and laws say that multifamily residential buildings can be built in this area. You can't build single family residential. Well, that's not enough for the city of Phoenix. Well, I have to tell them that until 18 months ago, they still had on their website the chart showing the standards that would be applied and that multifamily residential was allowed in this area. Well, what do you have to do? You have to make sure that the new buildings are soundproof properly and provide a fancy word, an navigation easement. It's a piece of paper that's recorded against the property that says that anybody who lives there knows that their aircraft flying over them. It's one of those fictions we have in law that it's not enough to look up and see the aircraft. you got to have somebody recorded against your property. Well, that's required here. In fact, the city of Phoenix, as part of this agreement, demanded that the developer provide an indemnity. Again, that fancy word saying that if anybody complains about noise and they sue Sky Harbor, the developer has to indemnify Sky Harbor against that lawsuit. And that's all in there. Well, Wait. The city of Phoenix is sure that the agreement said you can't build multifamily residential, but they lie. Why do I say they lie and say it that strongly? Because in 1996, when I was the chairman of the Tempe Aviation Commission, I drafted letters for then Neil Giuliano, the mayor, to send to the city of Phoenix and the letter that the city of Phoenix sent back. What did it say? The city of Phoenix tried to block the city of Tempe from acquiring the Bureau of Land Management land in and around Town Lake. Well, Town Lake wasn't built yet. The federal government doesn't like you to put a lot of water on top of its land. So to get that right, the city of Tempe had to acquire the land from the Bureau of Land Management. Phoenix tried to block it and got the Bureau of Land Management to stop the transfer unless and until Phoenix would agree that Tempe would, I'm sorry, get Tempe to agree that Tempe would not build what? Single family residential on that site. Why were they worried about it? Because from 60 years ago, the land was still zoned to allow uh, single-family residential. So Tempe sent a letter to Phoenix that said, we promise not to build single-family residential, but we will build and are allowed to build multifamily residential. And Skip Rimsa, then-Mayor of Phoenix, sent back a letter that said exactly the same thing. And so they set up a clear demonstration of what the parties understood the agreement to be. But wait, there's more. Then in 2013, the Salt River Project, a big organization, was a little worried that somebody might complain that they were going to build apartment buildings in the same kind of noisy area on the north side of the river, on the east end of the north runway for Sky Harbor. And they got a letter from Sky Harbor saying you may build multifamily residential in this kind of noisy area as long as you soundproof the buildings and file a navigation easement and give us an indemnity exactly what's happened in this instance. So Sky Harbor is making all this stuff up. Now sued the city of Tempe trying to extort a result that Tempe will disenfranchise this project. Mostly, in my view, they filed this lawsuit, which is as much a political document as anything I've ever seen, to try to, in my view, change the outcome of the election. Why is it on the ballot? Because the city of Tempe council said... Dear developer, we think this is a big enough deal since a city can't require or can't refer something to the ballot like our legislature can. We ask you to put this on the ballot. And if you don't. We can determine that we can rescind the contract. Well, the Coyotes were smart enough to say, "Mm, we don't want to take that risk. They went out and collected all the signatures, got it on the ballot, and it's going to be on the ballot on May 16th. And the election's already started because it's an all-male ballot. Uh, Yes, women can vote, too. Uh, And that ballot uh, was mailed to households this last weekend. Hugh,
1: stepping back for a second uh, on, on, on the advocacy part of this or, you know, the explanation of the advocacy of it, Explain for a moment why this is philosophically what you said initially intrigued you about it, that philosophically this ticked all the boxes of what government and conservatism or at least free market and free enterprise should be involved in.
2: So, for me, it started, believe it or not, with the airport attacking the project yeah. and three former mayors of Phoenix sending an editorial saying, this is a terrible project. It'll, it'll undermine our airport. Yeah. I wrote a responsive editorial, and the Arizona Republic wouldn't run it. That editorial said, they're wrong, and here's all the legal reasons why this project is allowed. So, it first ticked me off because you had a big government, a giant government, belittling and and berating a smaller one. They then sent out flyers to 100,000 households to scare people in Tempe to say, if this gets built, we're going to change where aircraft can fly, and they're going to fly over your home instead. Now, logically, that makes no sense. Why would a government threaten to fly aircraft over homes that don't have navigation easements and have never been overflown, when instead they would be flying over a couple of apartment buildings where people have signed agreements to say, yeah, we know the aircraft there. It's crazy. But it's also factually and legally false, because where aircraft fly is dictated by the federal government in a in the settlement we put together in 1994. And there's actually a federal order called uh, the record of decision that dictates that aircraft have to fly where they're supposed to fly. Well, what else ticked me off? Well, you had this thing all high centered when I saw a pathway to get the developer to put itself at risk and do everything the city of Tempe didn't want to do if you handled it correctly. Now, I'm a nasty negotiator. You don't want to be sitting on the other side of the table because I want to know what you need and I use what you need to get what my client needs and wants. And that's what happened here. Now, the coyotes are a little, you know, pressed for time, so I knew I could push the edges of every envelope. But they also have an owner who's a risk taker. And I've had a reporter say, well, you know, if you spend $500 million cleaning it up, doesn't that make the property really, really worth something? And I had to explain the cost of something <laughs> isn't the same as the value. Yeah. Take a handful of diamonds worth $10 million, stick them on a table, smash them with a hammer. That costs a lot of money, but it ain't worth very much. <laughs> a, a $500 million investment creates a $60, 000, $60 million property. That's why the private sector needs to do this. That's
1: great, Hugh. That's great. We'll be right back. With banks failing in stock market volatility and possibly a recession on the horizon, why refi has an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return not correlated to the stock market or the Fed? It's an investment. Where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you like with no loss of principal. if you need your money back at any time. There are no fees in this portfolio that delivers a high fixed interest rate. Y-Refi is locally based. They're right on the 101 and Scottsdale Road. I encourage you to stop by their offices. I've been there plenty of times, and I'll tell you, you will not get a sales pitch. No one's going to ask you to sign anything. And when you meet with the team at Y-Refi, you'll see why I like and trust them so much, and you will as well. Well, Y Refi is offering a up to ten point two five percent rate of return. That's right, a ten point two five percent fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. dot com. Or give them a call at eight 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 Y Refi 888 Y Refi thirty four. Hugh, we promised to talk a little bit about kids, but we uh, kind of ran out of time on 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 the Tempe situation one hundred one, which I'm so grateful for you for doing. Uh, But take it out.
2: Well, I think we can still talk about kids because the reason I launched into that diatribe was that politics matters. And those of us on the conservative side need to know when we're being used and abused by those on the left. They're really smart about this. We have the most hardcore left wingers involved in this. Effort to oppose the project and they are not being transparent about what their real issues are they are trying to pretend to be conservatives and they are not what they are saying about this project as a fiscal matter is complete nonsense and the same thing we know has happened with our children for the last decade we've watched the left use phrasing as if they're trying to protect our kids they protected our kids from covid they uh, made sure that they were uh, in their homes and out of school and pretended that that was helping them for the first time in U.S. history. Our children were used as pincushions and given vaccines not to protect the children who had a very small risk at all of bad outcomes or death from this covid disease. But we were worried about the adults around them. So let's use our children to protect the adults. The first time that's ever happened. And yet that was the drumbeat. And so I caution your listeners and those I talk to about paying very close attention to who's behind things and what their real mission and values are. Because in the instance of the uh, Tempe project, the mission and values is not protecting Tempe from a fiscal boondoggle. The mission is to try to leverage and extort from Tempe the unionization of every project and every hotel in Tempe, and then that will spread. With respect to our children, we put them at terrible risk, and we are now paying the price. Liberals want to now hide and fail to take accountability for children who are now killing themselves because they are so despondent. We can't continue to let that kind of policy uh, making go on because it's the lack of policy making.
1: Amen. Thank you, Hugh. Thank you very much. Until tomorrow, God bless you all. I am Seth Liebsen and class is dismissed